We dissect some James Borrego audio. Who's the backup point guard to LaMelo Ball? Plus, we take the pulse of the locker room here in Charlotte. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, brought to you by rockauto.com. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thanks for joining us on the Locked On Hornets podcast and making us your first listen. We're free on all platforms, and you can watch us on YouTube. The big day is coming up tomorrow where we paint our face. I'm going to have to go get the face paint the old-fashioned way. I did not get it on Amazon. I tried yesterday. And, Doug, it looked a little dicey on whether it would get here as the time we would record on Friday. I wanted to do it in order to match the theme of Fun Friday with David Walker on hand to serve as the laugher at us via the listeners, right? So I needed to do this Friday. I think I'm going to go to Michael's, which I haven't been to since, like, fifth grade art class trips. Like, that's the last time I've been there. So I think that's the store I'm going to go to today. I haven't been there in a while. It doesn't taste – I just took a little bit of a – it doesn't taste very good. So don't eat it. Don't eat the face. The face paint? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, look, I'm an explorer. I just, I have to know. I'm, I'm My curiosity always gets me. Okay. That's good to know. I didn't plan on eating it, but thank you for okay. letting me know. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H, and the show handle on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. We got some James Borrego audio to get to about the Miami game. We'll get to that in just a moment. Also about the development of young big men on the roster. Lord knows we have a ton here. We actually got rid of one in Vernon Carey, and yet you still have three. None of them really play all that much. So let's get them developed. Big men, big men everywhere, but nary a rim protector to use. Yeah, yeah. Young big men everywhere except on the court in significant minutes for the Charlotte Hornets team. And so we'll get to the development with the toughest part about all of that but the first comment I want to dissect is his comment on Terry Rogier being the backup point guard or at least him talking about the backup point guard uh, uh position right now and with an open roster spot so here James Brego is kind of discussing it more well our backup point guard right now is Terry Rozier, you know and obviously we have an open slot there and I'll let Mitch answer that question you know Mitchell Mitchell look at the roster and figure out what this roster needs so I'll leave him to answer that 15th man question for us right now. It's just about, you know, Terry will be the backup and, um, you know, until further notice, that's our lineup right now. So I could have set that up better, but he was asked <laughs> how he decide how he wants to handle the backup point guard situation. Do they plan on using that open roster spot for a backup point guard? I put out verbatim the first part of that quote on Twitter. And then I said a little context surrounding it. Said all, James Brago talked about using the backup point guard position, an open roster spot. That question is really better left to Mitch to answer, and we'll see exactly what happens. And I got some quote tweets, you know, that were like, "Ooh, mm, a little saucy." Nada put out the cheese face, you know, the teeth showing emoji over it, kind of like, "Ooh, it seems a little bit weird between those two. I don't know if that's is that, the vibe. Is that what I they call they call got. it the, they call it the cheese face. Well, that's what I just called it. What would you call it? The teeth showing smile emoji? Like cheese face is just better. Maybe cringe. Yeah, that's like the cringe emoji. Like, ooh. I don't know if it's cringing, though. And it's it's kind of like, I think it's an all-encompassing. If you're kind of joking about something you say or whether like, ooh, it doesn't look very good. I'll put cheese face. I like that okay, better. Okay, that's fine. That's what, fine. Was, so was he, it warranted? 
Was the cheese face warranted, Doug, based off of what you heard? What I just heard there was a very safe deflection by James Borrego. Something we've come to know him for is being very safe when talking to the media. He very Mm -hmm. rarely sort of... A true pop disciple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not going to give the media much to really chew on there. Um, But I got to think that he's been a little... I mean, I would. I won't, I won't ascribe anything to him. I would say if I were coaching the team, I would be frustrated at what have been some very like clear issues with depth on this roster, uh, and you know, and, and addressing the need. Look, they have roster spots and they have injured players, and you know, if they're not going to utilize them, then what does that really say about their aspirations? for play-in, play-off, postseason play at all if they're not going to address those issues. That's what I would say. James Borrego says, I'll leave it to Mitch. Yeah. You have problems with the depth on this team, you know, because... At this moment in time, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... And and depth at the center position, for sure. I mean, that's been an issue all all season. Center position has been the issue for quite a while. Right. But Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin, Gordon Hayward, all on the bench are all injured and not able Mm -hmm. to play. It doesn't seem like we're going to get any clarity on that right now. We got a little bit with Cody Martin that he's progressing the right way, but he said next Thursday might be the time where you could see some serious action for Cody. Jalen McDaniels don't have any clarity on him. They're still using the word indefinitely for Gordon Hayward. I I more so look at this as a Mitch Kupchak, especially if you liked the Kelly Oubre signing in the off season to provide some depth coming off of the coming off of the bench. And that's been really bad. I loved lately. it. I loved it in the first half of the season. I mean, right. But like, that's, that's kind of the thing is, you know, what, what do you want to happen in the off season more? So like I was a fan of a Josh Hart, like, like I, there, there were a couple of things that I would have done in the off season differently. Right. I thought Kelly was a fine signing. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a fine signing. I wanted to go after a center, which they did not do. And here they are still having this be a problem. But as far as like, I, they went after Ish Smith for a backup point guard and you had a chance to parlay that into Montrez. I don't think necessarily I have a huge problem with the roster construction considering what they could have done. Like, I, I don't want to get into what I really wanted to do in, in the off season, but, but you know, like the center position is something I should have, that they should have addressed. Other than that, like, I don't know if I'd have a huge problem with what Mitch Kupchak did. If I'm James Borrego, especially how it played out in the first half. Right. But, but there's an open roster spot and, and they're playing their guards 40 plus minutes a game. It, I mean, so if it's, it's that I, spot, then sure. I get that problem specifically. Well, that's, I thought they, like, that's what we're talking about. I mean, that's what, that's what James Borrego is, is well, referencing it, there. It, and I think, like I overall think overall depth, like, I guess that was, I guess that was where I misunderstood because it's no, talking like, about depth at this point in time in the, in the yeah. season when James Borrego is running out six, seven man rotations. I mean, it's clear these guys are worn down. I mean, uh, Terry's not shooting the basketball well. One of seven against Minnesota, six of 17 against Memphis, two of 11 against Chicago, four of 11 against Toronto. Uh, you need you need these guys shooting well. I mean, I don't think that's the problem with Kelly Oubre, but there are several players on this roster that were shooting well earlier in the season that as we've we've gotten you know well under the grind, uh, have stopped shooting as well. And, and I think it's fair to wonder if some of the minutes that, that have been placed on them because of the injuries – have been a factor. And so if you let this, what I'm saying is if you let this roster spot stay open, when there's clearly a need, 
Um, that's just one more example of the Hornets sort of just rolling the dice and, and hoping things work out, just like they did with the center position. And that, that to me, does not signal a team that is serious about making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think more so of that is on James Borrego, because until the last week, they had Ish Smith. Until, I mean, I do, like, until they had that on Ish Smith, and then they could go to James Booknight, but you only have one open roster spot. So let's say they do fill that open roster spot at the point guard position, if we're specifically talking about that. It's probably on the buyout market. I don't know who it would be, and he's going to come in. He's probably not going to help spell a ton of minutes so LaMelo and Terry can go to the bench and get their legs back under him, which means it's not going to lead to more victories or better shooting for those guys. And so at that point, Mitch Kupchak has already brought in you know, what I guess you kind of needed. Like, I again, I had my problems with Mitch. I just don't know if now, like, you know, if, if you want to play book night to try to give those guys some rest, then he tried and book night wasn't very good. Maybe you still want to try to find him a rhythm. I just don't know what you do in that situation with Cody, with Jalen, with Gordon all out. And it's not like you can go out and add three other guys to spell them because you only have one open roster spot. I wonder if Jeremy Lamb's going to hit the buy. Has he hit the buyout market? I know he got, do you he want was- him back? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is fun. We, we got Toronto coming up. He always pub. plays. Is that what you want to do? Well, he always plays well against Toronto. So, I mean, if nothing else, you get uh, you get one solid buzzer beater out of the deal. Yeah, let's get a half-court buzzer beater. We do have Toronto coming up. You're right about that. So, we can get Jeremy Lamb. So, backup point guard position, they do need another ball handler. Like, that. that's for sure. Like, I do want Mitch Kupchak to go out and sign another ball handler. I don't know if that's going to – I mean, how much does that help this Hornets team in the way of wins – how these guys look, give it like hell. People don't want to give LaMelo rest. <laughs> They've been pining for more minutes all season long. And honestly, like the way that Borrego has handled it, he, he didn't foresee this. This is not a credit to James Borrego w- whatsoever, but while saying LaMelo didn't play as much, but because he hadn't played as much, like he might be a little bit more in position to handle a lack of a backup point guard with it being Terry Rozier because he was playing a little less than other star players out there. I'm kidding about Lamb. I mean, I think you. Oh no, I know find, that. No, I think I you'd that. want to find a guard um, sure. that has a little bit of a. That's going to be the title, more... Doug. Once you put it out there, Doug oh, wants Jeremy damn. Lamb back in Charlotte! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! I have no problem with Jeremy Lamb, but they need defense. Like you can't go out and get another guard who bites at every pump fake like that. Why? Why? Why spell Terry Rozier, who's not a great defensive player in his own right, with with another bad defensive player? But yeah, I mean, look, um, I, I think that uh, James Borrego. I think there are some fair criticisms of James Borrego and some unfair criticisms of James Borrego. But one thing that I think is is pretty clear is that he he hasn't exactly been handed a uh, a complete roster uh, that was ready to compete. And they didn't address it in the trade deadline. And, you know, I, I think that has to be a factor when when sort of critiquing his overall season. All right. Yeah, let's talk. And more. he's leaving it. To, and and, and but, but what I would say is, hey, you know, I hope he's voicing these concerns behind the scenes. If he's not going to voice them, you know, in, in, in public in front of the media and, and sort of air the dirty laundry, I sure hope that James Borrego is in Mitch's office saying, hey, you know, what are we doing here? Are we are we are we serious about competing? Because if we are, we need to figure some of this stuff out. Yeah. Let's talk more about this with some of the things that could have been addressed this offseason in the next segment. I'll also look at the Miami game and the development of these young guys. James Brago talked about the hardest part 
of trying to improve upon a Nick Richards, a JT Thor, and one uh, Kai Jones. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk more about what Borrego had to say yesterday. Miami Heat game coming up. What the Hornets could have done this offseason next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And, and listen, as long as you play James Booknight, a win will always be inside. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. Right? We are free and available. He'll, he'll, on, they'll show some fight. All your, on all your platforms. Now make your second listen. Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We know the fans have problems with the Charlotte Hornets team right now because they've been free-falling. They've been free falling from the standings. You free went and, falling. and you went with that. Look, tweet you can't come on day. this podcast and say mm-hmm. the word free falling and not expect me to belt out a little petty. Absolutely. RIP. We give respect to petty on this show. They are free falling. <laughs> it's, a pro petty, it's a pro petty show. That's right. RIP. We, I mean, they are. And you, you went through that tr- tweet where you're talking about if they win like four games, which is doable. Then they're the sixth spot right now, and they avoid yeah. the play in altogether. But instead, here they are, uh, under 500. It looks, you know, look, Vegas is certainly going to favor Miami, even if it is in the Spectrum Center, because Miami is number one in the Eastern Conference right now. So, how do you think the players feel about what's going on? Clearly, they don't want to lose, but is it forcing them to turn on each other, Doug? Is there any conspiracy theory, or is there any evidence as to see, hey? Maybe things aren't exactly the best with the Charlotte Hornets franchise, right? Well, there there have been moments this season where things don't look, you know, certainly rosy uh, amongst the players and the coaching staff. I mean, the obvious one is the James Booknight incident where it looked like he was ready (laughs) to go to blows with the coach. Um, that's going to be the most obvious incident, but there have been other issues as well. I think, you know, I, I remember PJ Washington not putting up a heave, uh, at, at, you know, at a third quarter break uh, from three quarters courts. Uh, I've seen Miles very frustrated over the past couple of games, slapping the court, being very upset at himself, not so much other players, but at himself. And there was the incident that we haven't talked about with LaMelo Ball in that last game against Memphis, where he was upset that he did not get a foul call on a drive and uh, was be was trying to be calmed down by his teammates, including Miles Bridges and James Booknight, and was just furious so much to the point where he was sort of throwing throwing his arms around and and making contact with his own teammates, and his teammates were looking on, kind of confused, like why why is this inspired uh, this this particular reaction? Certainly, they're they're very familiar with being upset with the referees, but. Uh, and, and we've also seen Miles Bridges pick up some texts uh, yeah. that were sort of unusual for him. And so the question is, you know, is this building mounting frustration amongst the players uh, for for how this season hasn't exactly turned or or it has turned uh, sort of towards the negative as this season has gone on? And I just think, like, would this be happening on a team that features Jimmy Butler, 
right? A, a player with, you know, championship experience, holds his teammates to a very high standard, obviously, and it got him <laughs> got him out of Minnesota and to Miami, who we're going to play uh, tonight. But that championship experience, that that player, that veteran player, you know, this is a very young team. It's a very inexperienced team. I think that's what the Hornets need most. I mean, obviously rim protection, but they also need some veteran players who have experience that can come in and kind of corral everyone and say, you know, this this is how you approach the season. This is how you approach each game. I, I think that's a that's also a missing piece that we don't talk a lot about. You know, so the the contrary to that would be like an Atlanta Hawks if we're talking about a deep playoff run team. You know, the Atlanta Hawks kind of ahead of schedule. Nobody expected them Rare. to get where they were. Yeah, 100%. Rare. So Trey Young is the leader of that squad. But then even earlier this year, you have a lot of John Collins drama where John Collins is trying yeah. to get out of there. He doesn't feel like he's touching the basketball as much. Eventually, nothing happens with him at the trade deadline, but that could be a developing situation. And here the Hawks are now towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. Like, I don't – and plus, I I don't know Fluke. how you get – Atlanta flukes. Yeah, well, I wonder how you get that player too. And, like, what's the ratio? Do you need a Jimmy Butler? Do you need an all-NBA first all NBA caliber guy with championship experience, or can you get a Danny green? You know, like what, what is, what is the level there? And is a Danny green, somebody that the Hornets should be going after somebody like that, not specifically Danny, but just somebody like that. Well, I think that's, that's the key, right? It doesn't have to be a Jimmy Butler sort of overwhelming perennial all-star talent. You can load the roster down with players that have been there, done that. In fact, I think Miami features three or four players that have either won a championship or been in a finals. I mean, well, that's, I mean, all me, of them have because of two years. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. Tyler uh, hero, like all those guys, they, they were able to they've get got guys, but they've got guys. Yeah. They've got guys coming off the bench that have, um, uh, mm -hmm. that have been in championship contention before. So, um, you know, uh, that's, uh, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think that's, you know, Mm -hmm. That's what's missing from this team. Uh, and and I think they have to address it moving forward. Yeah, I, you know, do you, I'm trying to think of like Milwaukee, you know, it was Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton all coming Yeah, when you have an overwhelming right. talent, when yeah. you have an overwhelming talent, it's very easy to sort of skip that step. I guess I'm um, trying to, yeah, like who are the teams that did it themselves without a ton of outside help? Was, was there like just this last veteran piece? Because there's clearly... A veteran would really help this team, I think. And I, that's why I think on the court, that's why I think Gordon Hayward would help. Like, he's not vocal, but Gordon Hayward on the court would help settle some things down, at least with his play. You know, I, I don't know how vocal he is. Say, hey, you young whippersnappers, you stop getting these technical fouls. You stop doing no, all this. I haven't seen that. I wouldn't mm -hmm. see that. But I do think he's going to settle some things down on the court. Let's talk more about uh, what Borrego had to say. You want to go to the big man clip, Doug, with what he had to say about maybe a JT Thor, some of the harder things to develop. Yeah. I mean, well, they, they certainly right now have a lot of big men that they are trying to they develop, do. not a lot that they can feature on the floor for extended minutes. Uh, so this is James Borrego talking about that development process. I haven't heard this clip. This is new to me. I'll react in the moment. I'd say it's, you know, somewhat, somewhat on the defensive end, you know, schemes, coverages, um, you know, I'd say more on the defensive end. I think offensively our guys, they know their role. They know their identity. Um, you can make it pretty simple for them in that regard. Um, they're not handling it a ton. They're not making a ton of decisions. You can put them in a place where they can be successful in a simple area. The area of growth for most young guys is, you know, big, young, big guys can make the most impact on the defensive end. 
and that's just really understanding coverages, tendencies, rotations, um, you know, decision-making defensively, which is uh, probably one of the toughest things to do. You know, you look at a guy like, you know, for us back in Wait San Antonio, Yam Nahimi over the years, no! it's, a, it's an old name, but it took him some years to figure out the pick and roll and Jared Allen, you know, it took Jared Allen a couple of years to figure it out. And now he's a lead in that area. So I think that's where, um, you know, you see probably the, you know, one of the areas of, of growth for young guys and, and it's tough to, to figure out, but you know, they can run, they can rebound, they can roll to the rim, they can catch, they can finish. That's pretty simple in that regard. Yeah, I, I like to play the game now as of the last two days when we play a soundbite. What is going to be the part that Doug laughs at? What is the humorous part of these soundbites? What was it there, Doug, that made you chuckle at James Brago comment? Well, just that his – so he was basically saying on offense, it's really easy because you don't have to throw him the ball. They just <laughs> – like, it's to do a lot because uh, you man. you don't really have to throw on the ball they just kind of you know uh, they drive they whatever uh but defensively they actually have to do things um uh, and i agree with that i mean i mean that's that was miles bridges experience in his first year his first year offensively was occasional put back dunk but otherwise stand in the corner you know wait for whatever first second action was going to happen the ball may find you open in the in the corner you know, if if that action pulls the defense down and and you get the pass and you knock down the shot, so very simple, offensively, you're not running the ball through rookies. Although I will say, like I, I love JT Thor and I want more Thor, but you can see even offensively there are some things when the ball does find him and he has to pass. He had one particular pass that he tried to make to the corner and almost almost flew it over the guys uh, the guy's head. So. Um, you know, there are even those little simple things offensively mm -hmm. that that are raw for this young, big talent that they have. Uh, and we haven't seen Kai Jones a lot. Uh, and, and I think that probably has mostly to do with the fact that defensively, the NBA, that's the one thing you always hear from young guys, even guys that are really good defensively, uh, that were good defensively in college, is that there's just so much more to the defensive aspect of the of the NBA game than there ever was in college. It's like moving from simple algebra to calculus. Um, and so uh, that's I think that's, you know, when people think about like, why are these players not playing right now? That's that's pretty much it. I mean, the answer is pretty simple. Well, yeah, I mean, it is defensively. One thing offensively you kind of touched on that I haven't really talked about before, though, it is the passing aspect. If you think about it, you know, the Hornets offensively whoever they play at the five has a pretty good ability to pass. Like Mason Plumley has a lot of problems. Mason Plumley can pass the basketball. And so well, it's part of the problem is that he only like when he catches it in the paint, he only wants to pass the ball. <laughs> Del that, Curry made a little true. weird reference in the last, uh, it was sort of like a backhanded compliment where he's like, you know, when Mace catches it underneath, he really, he just loves to pass it. <laughs> yes, and I think there does. was a little bit of like, hey, big That's fella, you know, it's, compliment. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay even. every once in a while. Unless Mason has the reverse dunk, like right in his pocket. Right. Um, that, that ball is zipping to the corner. Well, and point being, Mason is good at it. PJ is a good passer. Miles has played some five this year. Miles has certainly really improved his passing as his career has gone on. Nick Richards, not so much. 
you know, JT Thor, still young, trying to understand that. Same thing with a Kai Jones who doesn't see the floor because he's such a raw pro uh, project. And so even yeah. offensively, while it might be easy, just go roll to the rim, we'll throw you some lobs. You also can't really depend on them to make the smart decision, right? Paint decisions, something Borrego has talked about a lot here in the last couple of weeks. It's not like those guys are going to be making the best paint decisions. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, offensively for big guys in the past, it was it was a lot about it was physicality, but it was also kind of the the strategy, the pump fakes, the different things that you would try to do when you got when you caught the ball on the low block to to either, you know, draw contact, get to the foul line or or try to make an easy bucket at the rim. You know, now even even the offense is if you want your big to be part of a modern offense it's complicated. You have to execute certain things. You have to execute dribble handoffs. You have to, uh, you know, roll effectively. I mean, there's just, there's things that you have to do. And these bigs are not really capable of doing that necessarily. And so what you see with Richards and Thor is that if they're going to be involved offensively, it's going to be in transition where they can get out and run. Um, but there aren't a lot of calls being you know uh, uh or plays being called for them necessarily thor's fun man i mean he's he's certainly young but sure. that was always to me like the best value pick More thor had. yeah thor look if we're gonna overall. you know the, the the last thing i'll say because I, I wanted to get to this uh earlier in this segment is that things are down right now for the charlotte hornets and, and there's a lot of criticism and a lot of blame to go around but but we haven't and this is why i've been reticent to like really lay into I've laid in more to Mitch Kupchak than I've laid into because I saw it from the very beginning of the season, the the absences. But I haven't. I've been a little reticent to lay into the coaching staff or or some of the players as well, and it's because we haven't seen the full on collapse that we've seen in New York. I watched that game against Brooklyn. They blew another twenty point lead, and the locked on Knicks hosts are calling for uh, Tibbs to be fired. Right, and it's because they've blown twenty point lead after twenty point lead. It's about that time and they, for Tibbs. Yeah. Yeah. And they were at the top of the conference and they, uh, you know, were near the top of the conference and they've fallen all the way to the uh, 12th. And there's just no answers in New York. I, I don't think we're at that point. I think the Hornets have the potential to get to that point. But that's why I'm not, you know, I I'm not satisfying some of the YouTube commenters' desires uh, <laughs> to call for that kind of drastic action that would really throw things into quite a spiral mid-season. Like, I don't know that there's any reason to do it at this point. Yeah, the drastic action being firing James Borrego. Right. Like, I, I'm not doing that here. Let, we can talk all you want to about next year being a real hot seat year for James Borrego. Yeah. Like, look, there's there's no more waiting at that point. That's LaMelo's third year. It's Miles' fifth. It's PJ's fourth. I mean, that's that's enough of a rebuild to start to put the tools around those guys. Whoever is going to be your core, Terry Rozier yeah. is going to be in the second year of his big boy contract, maybe first. I don't think it's kicked right. in. I need to look at it. But Gordon Hayward, like that's the time. And so yeah. at that point, Borrego needs to get it together. The Hornets team needs to. And the other reason why I'm not like this is a very different kind of despair than it was three years ago when you had Kimba Walker and you only got to like one playoff series where you had that 2015-16 run. And not even run, just a seven-game series against the Miami Heat. What's Jeremy Lin doing, by the way? I mean, yeah, there you go. That's what the open roster spot could be used for. <laughs> but like there, there is the youth on this team where it's not like this is the best we can do. With Kimba, that felt like the best we could do. And that was a very real kind of despair where there was not a light at the end of the tunnel until you blew it up to see the light at the top, right? Like now you can see it. It's just 
taking the right path to get there, but it's there. Mitch, it's, do that, something. Yeah, just do something big. Bring in Jimmy Butler. Just do that. What, All right, this episode so, yeah, is, that's great. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why, so you don't have to choose to spend up to even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store or car dealership. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection. They have reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's look ahead at this Miami game tonight. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. All right, so so we've got Al, or we've got the question: How? Like, how did Miles do that? Can you help us end this debate with so much an unbelievable amount on the line? Uh, Doug, I respected in the nth degree, uh, but Walker, I'm telling you, it was just, it came, it, every single person who saw that reacted that way. Some of us just were tight, That's right. tighter than others, and I just had to release this from my body. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Last time out against the Miami Heat, it was the worst quarter of the season. They scored <gasps> eight in the third after... Keeping it pretty close with the cheese Miami emoji. team heat. That was it. Yeah, big time cheese emoji after that after that eight point third quarter. It was brutal, and it was what what eventually would lose them the game. And this was I don't know what loss this was in the streak that they're on right now. It was a little bit earlier on. That was before everything got to be so so bad. Still pretty bad at that point, and now it's gotten even worse. Here's James Brego though, and Rod Boone ask him the question: Hey, is there anything you can take away from that game? Here's what he had to say. Yeah, first half we were winning. So I'm going to look at the first half. I thought we played well the first two <laughs> I'll laugh at that one. Um, we were leading at halftime, so it's not like we came out and they drilled us from minute one. Where, where we lost it, Rod, was in the third quarter. So, And it wasn't even the start of the third quarter. It's kind of halfway through the third quarter. It's a two-point game. It's not like they blitzed us and they were up 30 in the first half or 30 after, you know, after the first few minutes of the third quarter. Literally, we played well last game against Miami. Halfway through the third quarter, we went dry offensively. They got into us. We turned it over. We had bad shots. Um, and then physically, we, we got to be more in tune, just like we needed that last night in the fourth quarter. So, you know, just like last night, there was a lot of good in last night. We couldn't close that game. Same thing against Miami. There's a lot of good in that first half, you know, uh, built a five-point lead, good defense in the first half. Now we got to do it for 48 minutes. That's the biggest thing I could say to everybody on this call is it's got to be a 48 minute consistent game. There's not one thing that that's sticking out to me. It's just can we be um, better than our opponent or not have major lapses um, as the game goes? And it's a 48 minute consistent game. Young teams have to figure that out. That's our growth. That's our challenge every night. How, how consistent can we be and not wait to get down or when we're up, you know, take our foot off the gas? It's, it's just about being consistent in this league, and that's what we're working towards. So we've talked about that a lot. It's been a damaging quarter that you can look at as a, the culprit of a lot of these losses. And James Brago touches on it just with the word consistency. It's a very vague type of criticism towards your team. It's something that is a cliche used by all coaches in the league, every evaluator of the NBA, all about consistency. 
but it is so true because the quarters have been so bad. And then you look at the other three and they're even, or maybe you even win them. It's just, there is such a bad 12 minute period that allows these Hornets to lose. And it's what happened against the Miami heat. The other thing I noticed with this soundbite, Doug is lately during this downfall for them, James Brago, at least with the media, has made it a point to say that there is good stuff to pay attention to. I remember Kevin Arnovitz one time like four years ago, um, even longer than that, when Fizdale said they're not going to rook us, take that for data, when you had a whole bunch of coaches speaking to the media about what was taking place in the game. And Kevin Arnovitz said it's clear coaches use the podium not only to speak to the media, but to send messages back to the locker room, to send messages to their player, because this is a very public thing. And you are speaking to your players in that way as well. I wonder if some of this is just messaging to the players where I've got your back, even in a public forum where there are things we clearly need to work on, but I'm not about to blast you. And it kind of happened with book night, right? Like that's not anything Borrego was going to do during that whole square up situation on the sideline. It just seems very calculated in a, in a way that honestly, I think is good um, from James Borrego when talking about this team and evaluating what they need to work on. Take that for data. I uh, you have it. Excellent. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, I mean, I always, you, you can't, you can't throw away a classic. Take like, that for data. Uh, it just has so many uses. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you that he is trying to hold the ship together. He's been right. somewhat explicit about that. He has, he has implored his players uh, in public in front of the media to try and stay together through this adversity and the adversity that the Hornets are facing right now is the greatest adversity that they faced this season. Um, luckily they do get a break and uh, hopefully after that break, they will get some reinforcements in the form of players coming off of the injury list. And I think that will go a long way uh, plus the rest, because again, they have been playing these short rotations uh, but it's it's not going to be easy tonight. The Heat uh, are a great defensive team, and the Hornets have not played well against the top uh, teams in the East uh, that play excellent defense. want to clean up something that I said in the second segment. Uh, that, so what I was trying to say is that the Heat have player, they have brought in players that have won championships. So they brought in... Uh, P.J. Tucker, who won one with the Bucks, They've yeah. got Markeith Morris, who won one with the Lakers. And then Kyle Lowry, who won the title with the Raptors in 2019. So the Miami Heat continue to bring in players with championship pedigree in, in order um, you know, to to try and, I, I think, mm -hmm. give, give that team that flavor. Um, yeah. And so the Hornets don't have any of that flavor. And I think that's why you're seeing some of these issues and why it's so easy for this team to come apart at times. Yeah, like a P.J. Tucker, a Danny Green, a Keefe, right? Like those, that's, that's, that's your typical... You know, get some guys that can hit some threes and and who have been there and won the championship and can help this young type. And of, to uh, you know, to be fair great. to Mitch and company and and to Rich Cho before him, it's difficult to lure those players and free agency to the Charlotte Hornets because those players that have won championships, uh, you know, would like to continue to win championships, uh, right. and their prospects of doing that are not great in Charlotte. What I would say about Rich, though, a lot of that is his own doing with Mitch. <laughs> right. You know, he's drafted well enough now to where there are some enticing things here in the Queen. And you City. wonder if LaMelo's presence can kind of change that yeah, a little bit. Right. If if and, and I don't know if LaMelo is going to be the type of player that tries to go out and, and you know, he's going to the All-Star Weekend, a place where you can kind of, 
I think uh, make some relationships, do a little tampering, <laughs> do a little bit of light tampering, yeah. right? So I don't know if he's the kind of player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the kind of player that wants to go around and do that kind of networking and bring those players in. But he, you know, Kimba did a lot to bring in Al Jefferson. I think LaMelo has the potential <laughs> to bring in a player of an even higher caliber than, than Al Jefferson. And it's not it's not his job to do that necessarily, uh, but it would be nice if he did it. It's it sure would. Now, speaking of analysis surrounding this team, I want to I want to read you some ground breaking analysis from ESPN. This is me going against the company, the affiliate that I work for for my day job. Worldwide leader. Got to be something hot. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be something spicy. The worldwide leader is going to bring you an excellent nugget on the Charlotte Hornets game tonight. The Hornets have gone five and six against division Mm -hmm. opponents. Charlotte ranks ninth in the league, shooting thirty five point eight percent from deep led by Kai Jones, shooting 50% from three-point range. That's right. The Charlotte Hornets are not oh shooting 36%, and they're led by Kai Jones, shooting 50%. You can go on the ESPN webpage, click on this preview, and that is, let's see, that is the third, fourth paragraph that you look at right there. Kai Jones is one of two on Take the season from three-point range. I love it, man. Like, that's... Uh, that's ESPN. So I looked at who wrote Go this team. and uh, Data Screeve. Uh, yes. That is not a name. Uh, that is a robot. Um, so that's what you get. You don't really get the context. That's why you come to a show like Locked on Hornets, because we will let you know that despite the fact that Kai Jones does technically lead the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> in, in three-point field goal percentage, he is certainly not who they depend on uh, to even be present for basketball there, games, much less <laughs> present them with threes. There's gotta be some kind of filter you can put in Mr. Data scribe, data scribe, right? Hey, anybody who's taken 70 three pointers this year, that's what you can put in your write-up. Not two. I, I haven't figured it out yet. They haven't gotten filter. those filters in yeah. yet uh, to the robots. Uh, that's why, yeah, the robots haven't taken over podcasting yet. Someday they will. Someday uh, you'll be listening to Doug Screeve and and Data or Data Branson and Walker Screeve. <laughs> do you do you think they listen? Do you think the algorithms they're, they're going to talk about what the YouTube comments are wanting to discuss? And it's just going to be they fire listen to everything every day. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be listen fire to everything. Right. Right. That's what the robot. Happen. I'll tell you what, right now, the robots want James Brego fired. I know sure. they, they want more minutes for book night. <laughs> they want Lamelo to play every single second and they want Borrego out of here yesterday. Uh, la, la, you know, last, last thing on my, on Miami and the comments that Borrego had, the, the problem for the Hornets this season has not been keeping the foot on the gas. It's getting in the car, starting it and putting the foot on the gas to begin with. And it's the one thing, it's the one way you can beat Miami is to get off to a hot start. They're 9-14 and 14 in games where they trail after the first quarter, uh, which is not, that's not actually not bad, um, but it is, we look, when they lead after the first quarter, when Miami leads after the first quarter, they don't lose many basketball games. They've been beaten this season that, you know, they're, they're tops in the, or second in the East now because um, they lost that game against Dallas and uh, Chicago overtook them. Uh, but Miami's very, very good. Uh, the Hornets are going to need three-point shooting in this one uh, to to have a shot at mm. winning this basketball game. Yeah, Montrez Harrell against Bam Adebayo. You know, it's funny. Borrego was like, "That's going to be fun." I see. You just gave me, you gave me, and all of the listeners a solid reason to watch. I, I would like to see uh, how. Because it's the one thing the Hornets have always struggled with with Miami is Miami comes in and hits you in the mouth. They're physical. Yeah, uh, they're tough. 
And, you know, Montrez gives them a little bit of that spice. So we'll we'll see if that makes a difference. And then Borrego's like, look, we're going up against a bunch of big guys that are tough matchups. Like, it's Cat, now it's Bam Adebayo. Like, you've seen that a lot for the Hornets. But again, this is something that they've had a problem That's with. That's kind of the, the deal. Years, I mean, right? good teams have yeah. good players underneath the basket. That's right. That's All kind right. of the deal. All right. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. Take that for data. Tomorrow's the day. I got to go to Michael's for the first time since I was 10 years old with Take my mom getting some art supplies and I'm going to paint my face purple. Doug's going to paint his face teal. David Walker's going to join us for fun Friday to laugh, at, laugh us. at us. Yeah, Don't so. miss it. That's coming up tomorrow on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You can then make your second list in Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back with you tomorrow.